Welcome to the Fit to Talk podcast. Thank you for joining us as we bring you meaningful, helpful, and accurate information and remind you that fitness doesn't have to be boring. Right now, you're listening to a guest episode during which we discuss the realities of a career in the performing arts with the people who are fit to talk about it. And if you like what we do, please leave us a review or on Spotify, click that follow button. Also, don't miss out on Fit to Perform. What was that? Fit to perform? Yes, Fit to Perform. It's an online coaching service like you've never known. We've set out to change your lives for the better, as we always promised that we would. And we've done it. Tailored programming, nutrition coaching, mindset management, accountability, reminders, a sexy state-of-the-art custom app. Yes, all in one fantastic package. Go and check it out on our website, fit-2.co.uk. And if you don't fancy online coaching, but you want some extra info, then you should check out our ebook, Eat to Perform. There's a theme here. The reviews are in, and it's a banger. (laughs) We've set to solve the problems we know exist around nutrition. That's right, the problems that exist around nutrition for performers in an easily understandable science-backed guide. Yes, yes, yes. It is available right now on the website or by clicking the link in our Instagram bio. Do not miss out. Anyway, moving on. Swiftly. We have an incredible guest for you today. Oh, yes, we do. I'm going to be honest, Stefan. I'm a little bit starstruck, but here we go. Uh, today's guest is one of the country's top musical theatre performers. She's currently appearing in Dirty Dancing at the Dominion Theatre in a role she first played 16 years ago. Uh, her long list of previous credits include Singing in the Rain, Strictly Ballroom, Top Hat, Cats, Grease, and many, many, many more. When not performing, she teaches dance and musical theatre across an extensive range of London colleges. It's the absurdly talented Charlotte Gooch. Hey! Hello! Crowd go wild. I don't know about my intro, but your intro into the podcast and everything else that you offer, I'm like, I'm sold. <laughs> like, I'm actually not interested in what I've done. Like, that's good. Guys, you've, you've cracked it. Oh, thanks. <laughs> oh, I love that. Took me bloody ages to yeah. write that. Oh, it was spectacular. Work, so. <laughs> I loved my intro too, but yours was better. Yeah, I disagree. Well, we disagree, but, but, but we'll take you've it. You've nailed it. Um, yeah, we'll chat about everything that's on that CV. Uh, not everything. Uh, there's too much, but uh, in a moment. But before we get into it... Uh, there's a whole chunk of this podcast I know we spoke about before called Liar Liar. Yes. In which we would love it if at some point during the recording you could try and slip in a lie. Okay. For us. Challenge accepted. Done. Uh, at the end. <laughs> Excellent. We will uh, tell you that the time is up for that. And what we'll do is, whether you've lied or not, we'll have an opportunity to guess what, either what we think the lie is or whether you've successfully lied. And we ask people who listen to do the same. Love it. And we keep a tally running of uh, our scores. What's the current score, Stefan? It is 1-0 to me. Oh. Uh, yeah, one. It's, it's worth saying that we're in season two, so uh, Bobby achieved the score of 10. <laughs> yes, this is episode 113, okay. uh, and it should tell you how many we've successfully guessed. Yeah, it's, so it, all of your guests could actually be on like the traitors, because they're so good. Some are fantastic. Uh, <laughs> yes. Fantastic! So, mm. You get some really impossible to find. They'll be like, <laughs> they'll be like, oh yeah, and then uh, I, I can you give us an example? And it's like, oh, it was actually at ten past two. Not yeah, some of them are so specific. You're like, I would never. How would I ever know that and was like, a lie? At, at a certain point, you go, okay, kudos, but yeah, impossible. Mm. And then I, a large portion of guests have failed to lie. Yeah, okay, so, probably the majority. <laughs> so your your the bar is low. Okay, mm. you're just choosing really genuine, lovely, non-lying people to come on your podcast, aren't you? Hence, hence yeah, but none of them could make it. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh! It was an obvious joke. Oh. I didn't even get a sound effect. No, you for didn't. That. Bobby loved. I, I, I couldn't decide which one I wanted to go <laughs> for. I was, I was torn between oh. and a little bit of. Uh, I can't vote both. That's pretty much my life. Um, so we'll move on from terrible sound effects yeah. and go to how does the story. Of your life begin. The story of my life. Yes. <laughs> Just a small topic. Well, um, so born on... No. Um, <laughs> my life as a performer... Uh, just your life in my general. My life in general. Well, so my mum gave birth to me. And then, <laughs> no. Um, I kind of got into the performing world, dancing world, let's say. And I... I've... <laughs> I, isn't that bad that you? someone says, tell me about yourself, and the first thing you do is actually talk about what you do? I've done exactly that. I've said, oh, story of my life is in work. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it does, I guess it is a huge part of what yeah. we do yeah, and yeah. How, we, how we identify. I think so. What we do. Um, one thing, it's a bugbear of mine, though, when you meet someone, say you're in, like, I don't know, the changing room at Pineapple, and it's never like, hey, how are you? It's always, hey, who are you? You know, oh. well, hey, what are you doing? Yeah. Um, and I've realised that I've literally just done that by saying, what, do you want me to talk about work? <laughs> <laughs> but um, the story of my 
life, working life. Yeah, I started dancing super young. I started dancing at three. Um, my auntie was actually um, my dance teacher and she was probably the one that kind of guided it all or sort of led me to do what I do. My parents don't sort of perform or anything at all. Um, but she was a prima prima ballerina back in her day. And so she ended up as a teacher. So I went, uh, you know, baby ballet and all of that sort of as you do as a kid. And I think it was her that kind of spotted that maybe... I had a bit of a flair for it and so she'd then take me to shows and she actually she trained at lanes which is where i ended up going to college and she'd always take me to see their summer shows and things and i'd sort of decided quite early on that i wanted to go to that college and i wanted to be in that show and um so yeah then i started to take it a bit more seriously maybe like later teens and that's kind of where it all where it all started and got into lanes which I was like yes life goal done tick um, and it's kind of just yeah it stemmed from there so I do I do definitely owe it all to her and her sort of guidance and her I don't know not even like the you know the dance teaching and all of the you know the technique and everything else that comes with it but in terms of how to like carry yourself in the industry and how to be a professional and how to sort of you know yeah get by without getting yourself you know I don't know a bad name or a mm. bad reputation or a you know just to yeah work hard and be nice essentially has been my go-to motto <laughs> that comes up quite a lot I yeah, think yeah it? really does you know of, of people going yeah, you, just, you just have to be nice mm. and, and that's you know a prerequisite it's just a requirement you need to yeah. just treat people with kindness and respect and actually then at least you won't be sort of digging your own grave. Yeah, I think when students always say, oh, what's the one piece of advice? And I'm like, yes, your talent and all the rest of it, like, of course, it's going to play a part in the room. But mm. I think your reputation precedes you. And, and I know that I've got jobs off the back of it's been between me and one other person, let's say, in a final. And so they've gone to previous employers and said, you know, what were they like as a company member? And, you know, if the person that you're also in with happened to be a pain in the ass, and you happen to have been that really lovely, respectful, mm. you know, hardworking company member. That's I know for a fact that's how I got cats. For example, there was me and one other that it was between, and they went to the um, resident director and company manager of the show that I was in at the time and asked for like a character reference because they were like, we can't figure out which girl to give it to. Wow. Um, yeah, and that's how that happens. So it's proof is in the pudding that yeah. yeah, being a nice person, just getting your head down and not causing trouble mm. makes brings more work, makes a difference. It, does, it like there's so many examples of that. I think. Have you ever experienced that, Bobby? Yeah, I think like reputations get around. Like even even now, like you, everybody talks. It's an industry where everybody talks. Everybody knows of somebody else. So it's always going to, if you are that person who is a pain in the ass, it, it's always going to work its way back to somebody who might give mm. you an opportunity in the future and it might impact that. So, mm. and I think more than anything, it's just nice to be nice to people. Like It's easier. It's just it much easier. Much less, yeah. <laughs> much less stressful to be nice. Yeah. And like, when there's drama, leave. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or, like, don't even watch you because then you're like part of it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that is it, isn't it? You you become complicit in something by being present. Mm. It's like, okay, if I can't stop this or stand up for that that thing, if you, I don't feel comfortable or able to do that, then leave. Also, because that can sometimes get you in trouble. So, I know I've been guilty of witnessing something, then trying to stand up for that person in that situation, and that causing me problems further mm. down the line where I've been like blacklisted because of that situation yes, that I yeah. witnessed and tried to positively impact and mm. then went awry. So yeah, you're right. Stay out of it. Which is mm. messed up, right? You Which is crazy. Yeah. If there's injustice or stuff that's unprofessional, then you should feel able and supported by your company to, to do something about mm. that, not be then be penalised personally mm. for, for it afterwards. But anyway, that's a whole rabbit hole. <laughs> we don't need to <laughs> no, jump yeah. down. But, uh, so where was it you grew up? Um, I grew up in Godalming in Surrey. Which is near Guildford. Nice. Yes. Not many yeah. people have heard of Godalming. I know Godalming. Um, if you haven't, it's where Me they too. filmed a lot of the holiday. Is it? Mm. Yeah. Oh, they came to town. They covered it in snow in like August, September. <laughs> I was very excited. My mum was down the high street every day looking out for Jude Law. It was a big deal in the small, small town of Godalming. <laughs> so if no one's ever heard of Godalming, I say, but have you seen the holiday? And they go, oh my God, the really pretty little town. That's the one. You're like, then That's you've it. basically been. Yeah. <laughs> you know it intimately. Yeah, Jude Law basically lives there. Yeah. If you're playing the holiday on yeah. TV, <laughs> which at Christmas it is on TV like five times a day, so then is. chances are you're going to see it. This film had escaped me for the majority of my life what? up until about what? Like five years ago. Honestly, I'd never—I don't think I'd ever really heard of it. And then 
I can't remember how I came across it at Christmas and people were like, you know, people chat about love actually and they're like, oh, yeah. that and the holiday. And I was like, the what? <laughs> no. I See, that's it. a crime, especially I, for someone that comes from Godly. I'm so sorry. <laughs> yeah, I don't understand. I know. How and I watched you... it and I was like, oh, this is quite good. It's <laughs> a nice one. Jack Black. <laughs> yeah. Legend. Jack Black. Classic. Love a bit of Jack Black. You do love a bit of Jack Black. Correct. Maybe too much. Because I kind of look like him. You do not look like <laughs> Jack Black. That's what I love. Oh, you, I love oh, sorry. Do you want to look like? Jack I do want to look like. Jack oh, Black. then you look exactly yeah. like. Thank Jack Black. you. Stephanie. Yeah, I get Jack Black vibes. Yeah, there I we get, go. Yeah. I get Jack Black vibes, but not. I think from how he looks. No. Interesting. I think you have a we'll similar, delve deeper. Similar comedy. <laughs> you know, with, with a good costume, maybe like a few like you know prosthetics. Oh, okay. Could, you know, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Jack Black. Game on. With the, like someone else stage playing the part. With Jack Black and <laughs> with Jack Black playing the part and him voicing it and me just being in the wings. Yeah. Then I look like then Jack you Black. Look exactly Perfect. like <laughs> sorted. It can't tell the difference. No. <laughs> <laughs> One and the same. Be very, very similar. Yeah. So what was it like growing? It's got on in quite a small town, you said. Uh yes, it is quite a small town. Very pretty, very quaint, um, and yet all of my family are sort of in or around Godalming and like the surrounding towns. So, yeah, it was it was lovely, and I went to school nearby, and I, we sort of moved a couple of times, but always stayed within that area. And a lot of my friends from school and growing up in Godalming are still some of my like closest and nearest and dearest. I mean, they've all got like three, four, five children now, <laughs> yep. so it's a very it's a very different uh, uh, way of. Uh, it's funny when I go home, you know, my London life to them is just a little bit. You know, mind blowing in some mm. ways when Godalming just still feels like this very small, quaint, tiny place. But I feel like I'm, yeah, having a bit of a holiday. Funnily enough, yeah. when I <laughs> when I go back there, go to Godalming for a holiday. Sound effect. Pressure. pressure. Oh. 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 Yeah. How many of you used that? I'm a guest. That's, yeah. <laughs> that's shocking. <laughs> everybody, everybody I gets deserve. hit with the same. <laughs> <laughs> there's no favoritism here. Is there only two sound effects? Is that no? Why? There's more. There's more. I'll come back with some more okay, in a minute. Don't you worry. <laughs> you've opened a can yeah, of worms yeah. now. That you if you've asked for more, no, I'm so sorry in advance. Now, <laughs> uh, we have an ongoing uh, joke about this that I hate them, and Bobby likes to use as many as possible. I do. I don't really hate them, but uh, it's a fun joke. Uh, it is for us, anyway. <laughs> For no one else. Um, so you live in this like relatively small town. Mm -hmm. Now, forgive me. Usually, when people say they live in a small town, there's not much to do there. Mm -hmm. Was that the case? Um, maybe. Yes. I feel so. Dance classes were a thing pretty early on. The Godalming School of Dance, funnily enough, ran by my auntie, like I said. Um, but I was quite a. I don't know. I was quite a quiet child, anyway. And I, there was a lot of like bullying issues at school. And I think that that made me, whether the town maybe had a lot to offer or not, I sort of was quite a shy little thing. Um, was very close with my sister, who was very close to me in age. So I feel like we kind of just did our thing. And obviously dance class and everything was a huge part of that. Um, she did go through a full tomboy phase where she then became obsessed with football and all things that I just couldn't get on board with. So we 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 split for a while in terms <laughs> of our like sibling um, closeness. But... Um, yeah, I suppose I've never actually thought about was it a small town and was there a lot to do or not? Because I think I was actually quite a, a shy little thing that didn't want to venture too mm. much. And I think without getting all like deep and moody because of school and bullying and everything that came with that, just being home and not doing an awful lot suited me fine. And, and going to dance class, you know, a couple of days a week or whatever was was all I needed to do. Yeah. Mm. At the time. Did you say your sister was older than you or younger? younger? Younger. She's a couple of years younger. Yeah. She was rebelling. Yeah. <laughs> Suddenly there was like goalposts, like and like the garden was set up like a football pitch. I was like, what's going on? Who are you? <laughs> and it lasted like it lasted almost a year. And then I remember this so clearly, getting up for school one morning and looking like down the hallway to where her bedroom was. And suddenly she was in the mirror, putting makeup on and straightening her hair. And then she went to school in a pair of heels. I was like, she's back. <laughs> <laughs> like, but like, it was like an overnight switch. And funnily enough, talking of, you know, bullies and all that sort of thing, I asked her about it later, you know, when we've grown up and we talk about all these things. And she was like, it was a comment from somebody from at school about a girl. Um, from a girl, sorry, about her not being girly enough and about the fact that she liked football and she liked sort of boys' things. And it was something along the lines of if you keep doing all these things, you're going to end up looking like a boy. It was some ridiculous comment like that. And that's what made her switch. And the next day she then suddenly was like, oh, I need to make myself 
more girly. That's so really sad, sad. isn't it? I wonder how, uh, how you know if she were here, we would ask her how she'd reflect on that now. But you know, we can only have our own opinion on that. That's such a sad. Uh, thing isn't you go society or the people the culture that was around her at the time those Mm. that bully whoever it might be or that person who said that comment like has then meant that she didn't feel like she could express herself in the way that Mm. she wanted to at that time yeah uh and we've all made choices like that for reasons (laughs) and when you're that young as well aren't you i suppose the way you look at the world and the way you analyze things and you process things is you know had she have found herself in that position now i'm sure she'd have Handle yeah, it very differently. Yeah. You wouldn't you wouldn't care um, as much. You'd be no. like, I'm But that's doing teenage anyway. life, isn't it? You you go with the flow. Yeah. Extremely. Mm, and you do anything you can to try and not stand out for a negative reason, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. You want to you want to minimize the attention yeah. you're getting. If particularly if you're if you're living in that world where you are on the receiving end of some bullying, you yeah. do everything to kind of like blend in to not yeah. Like yeah. heighten yeah. the amount of bullying you're getting. Yeah. Which is horrendous. Yeah. Mm. I mean talk, <laughs> talking about this is terrible. I mean, you might want to edit this out or not. Um, talking about things that you can't, you try and blend in and all the rest of it. But with my surname, for example, that proved to be quite problematic. <laughs> when I secondary remember school, it, I, imagine. Yeah, I, I imagine, secondary yeah. school when Jackass the movie came out, and I was, I think, oh, 12, 13. Oh. and that was the first time that a gooch had ever been referred to in that way. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely none the wiser. And I think pretty much everyone in my secondary school was also none the wiser Ugh. until that movie came out. Oh, thanks, Jackass. And yeah, then it's like, God. well, I can't blend into the background on this one, no. can I? It's literally there, like on the register. Like, what can I do yeah, with this te- surname? Yeah. The teachers are saying it. Like, <laughs> Stop saying it. I'm here. Um, and then, but what's so silly is like, in hindsight, now even people say to me, they're like, oh, it's a really memorable surname. I'm thinking, why on earth, when I had the chance, when you can like get a stage name, did mm. I not change it? Am I out of my mind? <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what? After all of that at secondary school as well, I was like, I could have just been Charlotte whoever. But I didn't even think about it, you know, like when you join equity or whatever. Charlotte Hooch? Well, I Charlotte mean... Charlotte Pooch? Uh, hooch, isn't a hooch a drink? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm going for that terms be... that already exist as well that have different connotations. <laughs> Smooch. But, um, Charlotte, says, Charlotte Smooch, there, there it is. <laughs> everyone oh. says, oh, it's really memorable and it's fine. And, you know, like adults don't find it funny. I'm like, yeah, but I did have the opportunity to change that. Yeah. <laughs> and I just didn't think about it. I don't know, when you're graduating, you know, joining yeah. up to you, like sign up, do this, do this. And then you're off, you're in the industry and that's your name. Also, adults don't find it funny. Have you met adults in the performing arts <laughs> industry? <laughs> like, no. like, everyone finds it hilarious and it's a constant topic of conversation. But when you're a grown up adult, you can just laugh about it. Yeah, yeah. But obviously it's as different. a teenager, mm. it's yeah. School. That's... Not that that was like a main um, bullying topic, to be fair, but it was. I mean, it was a time, and it's... in terms of blending in, wasn't possible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just any. It's that thing of like anything that's easy for people to to latch onto. Like so, then you know, if you're in that position we chatted about before, where you're trying to stand up for somebody, then mm. they've got something to to sort of snap back at you with, and you're like. Go away. Leave yeah. me, leave me alone. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God, that's, that's X. I'd n- never considered that before. And now Neither had I. Of course that's... Uh... See, because we're grown adults. Yeah. I'm really not. The 13-year-old yeah, no. boys <laughs> maybe, in you at school you are, yeah. might have... <laughs> we're, there's nothing adult about us. Uh, other, other than the number of our age. Yeah. That, that's very adult, for me in particular. <laughs> the many sound effects we've played would beg to disagree yeah. with each other. The fact we love sound effects. The fact that I love sound effects. That <laughs> says everything we need to know. Um, uh, that, yeah, that is crazy. What, uh, what was gonna, I was going to ask you, Bobby, what were you picked on it for in school? <laughs> I was like, that's a strange topic. So many things. <laughs> like, there's just a lot, isn't there? Windy Bank, that's a good starting point Windy oh. Bank Windy yes. Bank that's a, that's a strong surname to be picking on in fact I was a librarian that was a pretty strong I only yeah. learned this about him like two episodes ago on the podcast and this is madness to me now let's discuss it what, what, where were you a librarian at my school so you were a school like, that was, is worse that, well, yeah I was, I was a librarian but I was like I said I was like the bad boy of the library yeah you were the only person <laughs> yeah I like there. rocked up and I was like what's happening <laughs> library people Readers, what are we saying? And they're all like, shh. <laughs> yeah. like, stop talking, just go sort some books. No. So was this like Love a paid that. gig or? Uh, no, but I did get one of those badges that you put on your uh, blazer. Oh, that's the That worst. said librarian. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Okay. You really went out there for, I, I'm going to give you something to pick on. Yeah, I, I, I went bold. I went bold with that statement of, yeah. I'm going to be a librarian. But it worked. It, did it work? Did I enjoy it? I don't know. On I've the plus not, side. Honest, I've not really thought about the fact that I was a librarian until that episode when I revealed it. 
<laughs> On the plus side, he went to a school that had a library. It's true. Yeah, nice. That had actual librarians. Yeah. Yes. It had a library sufficient. <laughs> enough, bu- enough books to, to warrant <laughs> to a warrant. librarian position. <laughs> Unpaid, yeah. but still. Unpaid, yeah. But there was a Dewey Decimal system in place. Oh my goodness me. Wow. So, I mean, so did everyone at school have to have a like a job, like an extra, like so you were a librarian with someone else? No, no, I just put myself into lady, the fire. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> they were like, oh yeah, who, who wants more bullying? Yeah, and it was me. I was like, me, uh, please, please. I love, I love to do that. Tom, the captain of the rugby team, is now the dinner lady because yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he has no yeah. choice this week. There That's he is. It. He's yeah. the janitor. Here's, here's okay, fine. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I mean, you can't call them dinner ladies anymore. No, actually. Um, I, can't, I don't know what the no, term is. No, we don't know what the term is. I want to guess. But, uh, so yeah, you, went, you mentioned that dinner person. Per- person. Person. Um, <laughs> so you then ended up going to a lovely college. I did. And what was that experience like? Lanes, my three years at Lanes was, was great. And I think... You may have had other guests that have come on and gone through the same college that maybe wouldn't have had such a great time. I think it's such a personal experience for everybody. Um, but I I loved it. I mean, I, funnily enough, the summer before I auditioned to go, because I, with going to my little local dance school, that was, that was all I did. You know, like half an hour on a Tuesday, I think, and maybe like an hour on a Saturday. Like that was it. Whereas a lot of... I think kids that know that they want to go into that profession where maybe, you know, like every weekend at a competition or like travelling up and down the country doing all these conventions and stuff. <laughs> Are you pointing at me? I was. I was <laughs> Stefan is pointing. Sub- <laughs> pointing at Bobby. That was never me, though. I never did any of that. Mm. And so I think it was my mum said to me, she was like, maybe just to be sure you should at least do like a summer school or something to experience like that intensity. And I think also from having been such a shy little thing and with all the bullying, to suddenly quite literally throw yourself into this really intense world. And obviously, like, my auntie had knowledge of that from having trained professionally and so on. Um, So I went to this summer school and I came home and cried every single night. I found it terrifying. These other kids of a similar age to me that had... They were just so... um, confident and so competitive and also so talented and I was like I just do like half an hour of ballet on a Tuesday like and you do it like every Mm. night for hours and or some of them you know they go to schools where you do you know half and half with like the training and so on and they were yeah I, I guess maybe it was that shy little thing within me that just couldn't couldn't handle it um but somehow I still wanted to go even though I had that experience, there was just something in me that really, really wanted to go. And initially I wanted to go at 16. Um, and uh, it was my parents that said, I think, do the A-levels, go at 18. Mm. A, to have that like back up, you know, if physically mm. something goes wrong, whatever, which funnily enough, it then did. Because when I was 16 and I was doing my, whatever it was, your advanced one, modern exam or something... Um, around, yeah, GCSE time, so 16. Um, and you know when you get to the end of your ISTD modern exam and you do the dance, it's like the last thing you do. Yes. Right? Yeah. I was like, no. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> dance and listening will know. It's like the last thing that you do. And anyway, it started, it was to this song from The Lion King, and it started like going down slowly into the splits with like your arms like up, pulling down. And I went down and there was this almighty like pop and rip to the point where the person playing the tape, yes, the tape, not the CD, stopped the music because they were like, what was that noise? And I was like, oh God, I think that was my leg. And I'd... And the examiner sat at the table. She says, don't worry, dear. Just get up and um, start again. I think she thought I'd forgot the steps. Um, and I was like, and I tried to get up. I thought, oh, I, I can't. So I'm literally in the floor, like stuck in the splits. <laughs> <laughs> and my hip had popped out oh, and I'd ripped from uh, my entire hamstring, basically, like from my hip down to the back of my knee. Oh, my God. Um, and I was God. like, I... I can't, I can't, I can't get up. Like I can't carry on. And with that, like the caretaker of the studio came in and like literally picked me up off the floor, still in the splits. Obviously, leg then sort of dangled, and went to went off to hospital. All the rest of it. And I thought, yeah, that's why I need to do my A levels, and that's why I need to not think about actually auditioning for professional college until I'm eighteen. Yeah, physically because of because of that, mentally strength-wise, confidence-wise, everything. Mm. I think going later was a huge deal for me. And I don't think I would have survived my three years at Lanes had I have gone at 16. 
because I might have dislocated the other hip, but also because <laughs> I think just that, that competitive element and that mm. part of it, the, that summer school experience at the age of 15 where I went home and cried every night because the girls were so scary and so bitchy and so competitive. I don't know in what planet I thought I could have survived that at 16 and my parents mm. were completely right to say, wait. And then obviously, yeah, that the injury side of it, you know, because I then didn't, couldn't really dance for, it was a good six months of like physio and rehab before I could then even think about starting again. Mm, if that yeah. had happened to me at college at 16, so that would have been my first be year, out. that would have been it. I'd yeah, have been yeah. in the bin because yeah. I never would have been able to catch up. Um, so yes. So anyway, sorry, I went off on a total tangent then, but my three years from the age of 18 yeah. at Lanes were were great. And I, yeah, I had a really positive experience. I ended up being head girl for the whole time. Wow. Don't know how. I think maybe I just seemed like I knew what I was doing. So that obviously stood me in in good stead. So I feel mm. like I had a, a particularly strong relationship with like the teachers and stuff because I had that element of like responsibility and I suppose that element of like care to some of the students. And I think the majority of my year had actually gone at 16. So I think the fact that I was maybe slightly older made a bit of a difference. Yeah. And it's interesting, actually, I was having this conversation the other day with someone about going to college at 16 or going at 18. And I feel like those that went a little bit longer, a little bit later, sorry, the the longevity of their career has maybe, yeah, they, I think they've maybe worked a little longer or they, they kind of persevered longer. Whereas, you know, those first few years maybe where you're getting the no's and the rejections. And I think a lot of people at that point went, it's not for me. Yeah. And, mm. you know, there's always that handful, isn't there, from your year group Maybe it's, you know, the same for you guys with people that, you know, in the industry that have persevered and persevered and kept going where a lot of people have sort of fallen off along the way because it's because it's tough. And I guess yeah. you have got to have that like strength mentally and maybe that maturity to go to look at it and go, OK, no, if I do X, Y and Z and if I persevere, then then it's going to it's going to turn out well, whereas some people maybe mm. give up a little sooner than because it is tough. It's crap sometimes. It's awful. Yeah, it, it is. <laughs> it's so hard to express, isn't it? Because. Everybody, we love what we do so much. Like, of course, we, we love it. It's about, or we wouldn't do it, right? Because there's no reason to do it unless you love it. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's awful. Like, yeah. And those two things, <laughs> are, they seem like they're opposing, but they're not. Like, it's the best thing in the world. And it's also shit. Yeah. Like, and both of those things exist at once. Yeah. And you're like, okay, uh, how do I reconcile these two things yeah. together? Oh, a lovely little mm, ding, ding in the background. There. Uh, like to to sort of mentally go, okay, what what is this? You mm. know, like it's both awful and wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> but where, where I went to drama school, uh, they they only took people from eighteen. Okay, and they usually took people a little bit older. Mm-hmm. So there were three of us that were 18 when we went and they liked people to have a little more life experience. Mm-hmm. And actually, I had a similar thing that I, I went at that age and uh, in hindsight, I could have used a little more time mm-hmm. because I wasn't able to take on some of that criticism in a way that didn't feel personal to me at that point. And I think I would be a better performer perhaps had I gone a little bit later. And so when I think of people going to these places at 16, mm-hmm. and I can only speak, I'm not speaking for everybody, I can only speak for myself. If I had gone when I was 16, I, w- I don't think I'd be in this business anymore. No. Mm. I would not have been able to put myself through that training. And so I just, you know, the the care that needs to be taken of these, of these 16-year-olds is mm. so great to ensure that, you know, you're not messing up people for the rest of their yeah. lives. I'm not saying that's what was happening there. At all, but you no, know. but it is. It's a it's a huge thing. It's a life changer. Mm. I mean, you can only just about start to learn to drive a car when you're sixteen, seventeen, seventeen, seventeen. Yeah. 17. See, you can't yeah. even drive a car. Yeah. You can go yeah. and put yourself through the most intense like yeah. training of your yeah, life and wild. open yourself up to literal like criticism and personal just like you know stripping down and looking at yeah. every sort of emotional process and phys- you know physically what you're trying to do to yourself at 16 are you even fully like developed yeah. physically mm. to going, be able to go through that you're going okay at the time hopefully they didn't do this anymore they would judge your body they would judge who you were as a person like who are you in order to be able to play somebody else and you're like well, I don't know who I am yeah, yeah. I've, no, I've no idea yeah. I, I feel like colleges now they do have you know, better. with everything that's happening in in the world, full stop. Like the duty of care mm. is so much better than way way back in the day at college. 
you know, like you'd go to auditions and you would get weighed and things like that. Like, I yeah. don't think that would, I hope it's not allowed to happen anymore. Do you know that what I mean? Would, There's like certain things. That would not be able to happen now. No, no imagine. No. You'd hope not. <laughs> you know, and, you know, I do a lot of teaching and the one thing that I'm so aware of is, is yeah, that duty of care and how you communicate with students. And because, mm. you know, when you're going through that training, you are fragile and all you want to do is succeed and all you want to do is impress. And the slightest sort of misconstrued comment or something, you know, like I think as much as you have to, it is a brutal industry. So as a teacher, I do yeah. try and prepare them for that. But at the same time, I think, you know, nature versus nurture and all the rest mm. of it, like for as much as you're going to, you've got to build someone up for as much as you need to also prepare them for yeah. how brutal and tough the industry yeah. is. I think that's it, right? You go, okay, we're in the process of building a better version of this industry, which is kinder and more uh, more caring from mm. the top down. Hopefully that process is in, is in place. But when you're teaching students, you go, okay, I'm teaching you for the industry that we want to exist, but mm. just know that that's actually not how most of it is mm. right now. Yeah. yeah. So whilst I'm going to treat you in the way that I hope that you get treated, mm. you also need to be aware that not every director is going to speak to you like this. Yeah, yeah. Mm. They might, and you need to be able to handle that too. Mm. Or not every choreographer. Do you yeah, mean if yeah. you if you step out of that turn, then you might get a book thrown at you. Like yeah. it depends on who's doing it. Like ah, yeah. memories. Let me yeah. try to. <laughs> but it is that though, right? Like you you could get shouted at, and like you'd get shouted at in a rehearsal room now. Like that. Oh yeah. I don't yeah, think yeah. that doubt still. That's bizarre. If you repeatedly made the same mistake, somebody would lose their shit. In my opinion. Yeah. No, yeah. I, I don't think that's changed. Like, and you know, in any other workplace, that's not acceptable. Yeah. True. Like it's just not. Mm. It's because we don't have an HR department anywhere in, in within the yeah. realm of yeah. theatre. Yeah. There is no real HR department. There's a company manager who kind of is on the side of the company. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, depending who you get. Yeah, precisely. <laughs> yes. uh, which yeah. which shouldn't be right. Like there mm. should be two different jobs: somebody yeah. to manage the business of the company and somebody to yeah. look after the company. Yeah. But then that means more money and. Etc. 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 Yes. Et yes. Uh, what a lovely tangent to go on. Yeah. Now, uh, on that illustrious list of uh, jobs that you've done, yes. which uh, I kind of want to get Bobby to read again because it's uh, no, it's ridiculous. <laughs> no, it's don't, 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 don't. Um, there are so many wonderful jobs on there, and a lot of them are super physical. Mm -hmm. Now, you're currently in dirty dancing, mm -hmm. and was it 16 years ago you first? Yeah, that was my first job when I graduated was Dirty Dancing. So yeah, that was 2007 and that was at the Aldwych. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, I've gone back and forth to it like many times, but I've, this is like a 10 year gap. So doing it now, the last time I did it was when it was last at the Piccadilly, which was, yeah, coming almost now 10 years ago. And it's the same role, right? It's the same role. Yeah. How'd and you it's feel about the that? same. I feel like there's a part of me that feels a little bit in shock that it's happening, yeah. <laughs> but also like proud that it's happening. Mm. Um, and yeah, I don't know. I think going back to it, when when they asked me about coming back to it, my initial reaction was no way. I can't like, no. Also, like, are you sure? Like I'm nearly 37, like last, do you know what I mean? Like the casting normally for this role, they were like, no, you know, we, we want you to come back. And they saw, they saw me um, in, in Singing in the Rain at the time. So they're like, we know you can still move and we know that you don't yet look like a, a grandma. So come on. like, <laughs> <laughs> And it's, you know, and it's a lovely sort of relatively short run in town. But I feel like, I suppose I feel quite proud of the fact that I can, that I can still do it and get mm. away with it um but I was definitely nervous coming back to it because I've had a lot of injury with that show over the years ended up in hospital like a fair few times off the back of how physical it is and um yeah so coming back to it I I really prepared like I've I've always taken like good care of myself but and I knew that physical demands of this show maybe meant that in like the months building up to going back into it I really kind of took extra care and paid a lot of attention to like my fitness regime and all the rest of it which has definitely helped and touch wood so far there's not been any injury or um anything and you know the the partners that I work with in the show are fantastic whereas there's been some <laughs> there's been some uh in the past over the years with dirty dancing where um yeah ending up in hospital because of lifts going wrong concussions once um 
landed in a drum kit on stage with a lift, a throw over the head oh, situation. No. The helicopter lift. I don't know if oh, you yeah. know yeah. the one. Yeah. And there was one time where I went up and where the, where your partner's meant to catch your legs and the body. Mm. He caught my legs, but didn't catch my body. Oh. So I went down, and it was actually the the show that they were um, filming it for the archive. So oh. I do have it on video, oh. and you see it. And I go down, oh and my, my head sort of hits the floor, and my head like oh. bounces off, and then oh. my shoulder bounces off the floor, and then my head goes again, and then eventually like the legs go. Um, so that was a, but that was a like finish the show, classic, you know, like seeing stars. No, no, yeah. I'm fine, I'm fine. Then go to hospital. Get to the end of it, and then you go to hospital. It's like serious concussion the same lift there was a version of the show where um the full band was on stage behind where the lift happens the drum kit was in the center and this the guy threw <laughs> threw me up and i went up but i went up and over oh no and land can you imagine the noise oh, God. landing in the drum kit was there ever a more perfect time <laughs> to use that sound effect um but yes yeah, so i had all of that in my head i thought oh it's fine i won't you know won't get, won't go to hospital this time won't land in a drum kit this time and actually i have to say i have to give full credit to um the lovely lady that's been playing penny the last couple of years Carly, who's literally just about to give birth, actually, hence why she's not doing this contract of it. Um, she's been on the show for a few years and she sort of now works in like an associate choreographer position on the show. And she has done an amazing job of making the penny choreography more sustainable eight shows a week, you know, mm. as, you know, a very experienced dancer herself who's now done it, I think, like three years consecutively and being in the position that she's in she's gone okay well if we change that if we change that and if we just nip that sort of eight counts out there over time that's going to really save on your spine or that's going to save on your neck and so like full credit to her because she's actually I feel like this version of the show this choreography is is more manageable and with you know the company taking good care with physio and things it's okay. And somehow, as my nearly 37-year-old self, I'm getting away with it. <laughs> getting away nobody, with it. nobody's questioning. <laughs> getting away with it. Uh, nobody's questioning that what's going You're on. You're making it sound like this has been dumbed down into choreography that I might be able to manage. And uh, <laughs> it's just not the case. What you're, what you're still putting your body through at every show yeah. is so mm. incredible and difficult. Like, it's such a... Uh, yeah, it's physically demanding, like a lot of the shows that you've done are. Yeah. One of the things, I can't help but draw parallels to things that you say. Okay. Uh, it's perhaps my own narcissism. But uh, <laughs> I'm really fascinated by going back to the show after the break, because that's what just happened to me with Joseph, mm -hmm. that it was my very first job. And then 10 years later, got a call going, hey, do you want to go and do this one? And mm -hmm. I was like, no, <laughs> not not really. No. Uh, and, and Yeah, and a bit of it was like, no, no, I don't want to do that. Like, why would I want to do the mm. same thing? Or hit my own microphone. Um, <laughs> but uh, uh, all this stuff. And then ended up doing it. And obviously you're like pleasantly surprised and, yeah. and uh, fantastic. But I think returning to that role, mm. even if it's slightly different production, it's the same, it's the same yeah, piece. Yeah, it is, yeah. And it's such a, a different challenge. Do you think that coming back to after 10 years, you're able to do or bring something different? Yeah, I actually have found that. And I found that in rehearsals a lot I think maybe just more life experience and even with the dancing stuff aside like Penny's storyline of this like relationship drama and this unexpected pregnancy and the abortion which actually now more than ever with the whole Roe versus Wade situation like that felt like a very sensitive very important story to tell correctly which I think the 21 year old 24 year old 27 year old Charlotte that did it probably didn't think that deeply on some of those issues, um, mm -hmm. which, I mean, some people would argue like, it's Dirty Dancing, it's just that famous 80s movie. People just want to see a watermelon and a sexy guy <laughs> and a girl with a perm. Like, no one cares about all the political stuff, do you mm. know what I mean? But for me, coming back to it, that was important. And I guess you have more acting experience, you have more life experience, I have more dance experience, like more of a physical awareness. I think back in the day, I'd whack both legs a couple of times, do a few shoulder rolls and be like, I'm warm, I'm ready to go. Whereas now, like that warm up, I do like a warm up before the warm up. Mm. I'm then staying back after the show and doing a bit of a cool down, getting home, getting the massage gun out on the yantra yeah, mat, yeah. like all of that to, to take care. Because yes, you know, your body has been through more injuries and, you know, it's maybe a little more like fragile or it doesn't recover quite as quickly. But I don't know, I think going back to it, I had this real thing of... I'm so, like, 
age within this industry, particularly a woman's age, becomes mm. such an identifying feature. And the amount of times I hear, oh, no, but you're too old to play that now. Or like, I don't know, let's say <laughs> let's say I want to go in for the part of Mary Poppins and say, oh, no, actually, you're more of a Mrs. Banks now. And you're like, but why? Just because of what? My number, my age mm. says on my CV and I yeah. feel like this sort of dirty dancing experience, I feel like I'm a little bit partly also doing it to prove a point, yeah. to be like yeah. that, maybe it's a bit of a stereotypical phrase, but you know, age is just a number. But actually in many situations it is. And if you can, you can. Yeah. Like mm. if I can physically do it, if I can still look the part, then why not? Just because my... CV says date of birth is blah blah blah. Also, they don't specify Mary Poppins' age at any point in that bloody <laughs> show. Like, I think it was when yeah, yeah. some I won't say which show, but a, a show came around not that long ago, and I got the audition, and it was in, and it was in for the mum, and I was like, oh, I thought this was going to be an audition for the, for the no, it's the mum. Okay, good. Do you know what I mean? You're like, oh, we're yeah. here, and I went in, and and even the people on the panel went, oh no, you're like. You can't do this. Like you don't. You don't look right for this. I was like, well, I thought so, but you know, one paper. So of course, I came in because yeah. you said you wanted yeah. to see me for the mum. So I came in for the mum. Yeah. But um, so yeah, I feel like this is a bit of a a bit of a prove a point situation as I well. That. <laughs> I love that. Uh, and you're totally right. It's, if you can manage your body, which you know it sounds like you've you've done, then your output is the same. You know, if you didn't take care yeah. of yourself, then you might not be in that situation. Mm. But. I find it a little frustrating to try and get this point across to students or younger performers to go, you know, you're coming at this and we come at this from saying, right, here's how you take care of your body in in the best possible way. In order to prevent the injuries that we've suffered Mm. in the first place that mean we now have no choice but to do this stuff. Like, I have to do X, Y, Z to manage both my knees, which are garbage from being shattered in various shows because I, I probably wasn't doing everything possible to to make sure that didn't happen. Sure, there's always freak injuries that, mm. that, that happen, mm. but you know, being in a better position uh, health-wise will allow you to recover more quickly in that place anyway. And to go, yeah, you might feel like you don't have to do that now, like young Charlotte going, couple of shoulder rolls, couple <laughs> of kicks, and I'm ready. And I, I wish me now could go back to young me and go, hey, if you just warmed up like this before every show, like the rest of your career and your life won't end up with this outcome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I'm like, ah, I just don't know how best to get that across to people at, yeah. at that young age. Like, because people hear it and they go, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. I think you just sometimes just having that actual experience and sometimes you just have to learn the lesson yeah. the hard way, unfortunately. I had it with, fun, it was Dirty Dancing again because, you know, I've done it for 98,000 <laughs> years. Um, we were filming for one of the productions, the, um, the EPK when you know you you start at silly o'clock in the mm. morning and they wanted to go straight into the big dance number which is like whack 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 of the leg and this was sort of you know a little bit later on when I'd done it for a long time and I was like I just need a bit more time to warm up I was like a for it to look good on yeah. the camera but also like it's eight o'clock in the morning yeah. I just need a bit of time they're like we haven't got the time like we've got to go now and so we did it and of course we did it however many times and then it's like, right now we're going to do the, the leg wacky bit. And I was like, if I could just literally take like five minutes yeah. to just like stretch a leg, whack the leg, rip the hamstring. Yeah. That was it. And then I was out for weeks again. Yeah. You know what I mean, and you just think, oh. but lesson learned. I mean, in that instance, I was asking and I wasn't able to. But yeah, I think it's only until you don't, you don't do it. You don't do the warm up. You don't do the, the vocal exercise, whatever it is you've got to do. You hurt yourself, and mm. then you go right. Mm. Now I, now I never yeah. ever make that mistake and again. Do you know what? It's, oh, sorry, do you want to jump in? I was going to say EPKs. Uh, the one time that I get abs, I lose my rag. Yeah, I always lose my rag on an EPK because they're always like, "Go again, go again," and you're like, "I, I physically can't." Yeah, like I'm going to hurt I've, myself. I've gone full out. I've given you everything I've got. I I need time to recover before I go again, or I will get injured. I'll yeah. hurt somebody else. Yeah. I'm lifting people. I'm responsible for that person when I'm lifting them. So you need to give me time yeah. to do that. And that like I mm. EPKs are the one day on a show that I always I end know up in an argument. We share this opinion yeah. because we've experienced it together, and it's it, it is. I'm the same, and I, I, now coming at it from a place of. I have the knowledge to back it up and to go, hey, here's what will happen mm. if if you don't give mm. us 
at least three to five minutes to rest. Like, yeah. here's the science on the people's muscles on stage that are, look at them, look at them right now. They're mm. on the floor yeah. and they can't move and you're saying go again, again. straight away. Yeah. This is going to end poorly. Almost every single EPK I've ever filmed has resulted in somebody being injured and off for the show mm. afterwards. Yes. Like, not everyone in existence, but it's way too common. And it's it, it's insane wh- why that happens. Always because they start at stupid o'clock in the morning, they don't give you enough time to warm up and they're not... Yeah. And that it comes probably during that sort of tech opening preview period yeah. of the show when you're already exhausted yeah, yeah. and you're doing all promotion and everything else that goes with You've it. You've got dress rehearsal plus the eight shows they want you to do plus the rehearsal before and afterwards. So you're, you're, the volume for your body's insane. Yeah. You're like, I get it, it needs to happen, but you need to budget for an extra half an hour yeah. of that time to yeah. give two minutes in between some yeah. of these takes. But then we're our own worst enemies as well because it's so built into us to just say yes, yeah. Yeah, to do as we're told. Yeah, yeah. And that, again, I think it comes from training. But we do. It's that thing of, you know, be a good professional. Do yeah. as you're told, carry on, carry on. And you want to because you want to, you know, make, make the good EPK, make mm. the good show. So we go and we go and we go. But then there, there has to come a point. And I think I've definitely learnt that now you never want to be like the diva no. that's like oh, I'm not doing this but there does come a point where you just have to have the conversation and I think so long as you're again you're a nice person you're respected by the company they will listen they might not be able to do anything about it always <laughs> but sometimes <laughs> they can yes. and I don't mind now to say I'm sorry like we had it um, when we were when we were taking this show and it was freezing it was freezing it was that sort of early January this oh, year yeah. And um, you know what it's like when a show moves into a theatre, so the dock doors are open all the time, and then everyone's in little hot pants and, you know, crop tops expecting to do 98 backbends and get thrown around in the air. And I actually ended up saying, I was like, I'm so sorry, but we're just, it's dangerous and it's so cold. Um, but, and of course, like, the creative team, they don't necessarily know that. They're sat out. No. And again, we're just all there, like... You know, we want to get on with it. And there's a lot of younger members of the company. There's quite a few graduates that, again, they don't necessarily know that you can actually say something. So Mm. grandma over here was like, excuse me. I was like, I I just can't. Like, it's so cold. And there isn't the opportunity to keep warming up and warming up and warming up. Um, And they were great. They said, "Okay, fair enough. Like, you know, it's understandable because you've got to look after yourself. I think that comes with that experience that you mentioned there, right? Like it's your part of your job now, not one that you elect to take on, but to lead a company. You yeah. know, mm. yourself, you've got more experience than than the majority of people in the business. In it, and therefore, the respect and kudos to go, actually, we need to do something about this. Whereas those new grads, as you said, they just, you know, we've all been there going, mm. I actually don't know if, is this normal? Yeah. Like, is this what, what I have to yeah, do? Yeah, yeah. And you don't want to rock the boat and, you know, the sad thing is, is that maybe if a graduate had said that and it's their first job, they might go, they yeah. might have a different response. Yeah, it's true. Not that it should happen that way, but but it does Yeah, often. Yeah. So it's almost the responsibility of people who've got that little bit more experience mm. to go, hey, actually, I think we should do something yeah. about this because it's not going to dent my career if you decide I'm a, I'm a dick for uh, yeah. standing up for the thing that I actually think is yeah. right. Yeah, no, 100%. All the joys. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> so much fun. Love an EPK. Can't, can't wait to film another one. <laughs> yeah. Yay! Bring it on. Yay, we love it a, we love a, Should we just film one today? Yeah, why not? I think you two would make a great EPK, actually. You should have like a... <laughs> Thank you. Like you should, maybe a, like a hidden camera in here or something, you know, just to capture all your like comedy, comedy moments. And oh, you God. can make a, like a gag reel <laughs> that will be your EPK. How do you know there isn't one? That <laughs> <laughs> would just be carnage. Look at the CCTV on there. They, somebody's having a laugh at us on that CCTV. Got me kneeling on this seat, spinning around <laughs> yeah, earlier on. And me horizontal. <laughs> on the chair. It's all coming back. It's all coming back. It is. Um, so you obviously just toured the entire world, it seemed, but like. Yes. For quite a while. It went on forever, mm. singing in the rain, because it spanned the COVID times. Um, that was lengthy. It was lengthy. Yeah. Do you know what was lengthy? The month of quarantine for Japan. Oh, yeah. I remember speaking yes. before you went. That was really lengthy. You that were just in your hotel rooms, weren't you? Yeah. So we had to do... It was in, It was an interesting situation. The, the Japanese government decided very last minute that in order for us to go they wanted a month of quarantine. Whereas previously, it was just going to be, I think at that point, international flying like that, you had to do like three days Mm. when you got to the destination. Fine. It literally, a week prior, 
get the rules changed and it was a two-week uh, quarantine in London before you could fly. You then fly and you do two weeks in <sighs> Tokyo. So we did again because you just say yes. Of um, and of yeah. course that was that was a part of the gig and it was a, you know, the rescheduling of it, it meant to allow for a month of quarantine, you had to lose a lot of shows, which then meant fast forward, we'll just do 12 shows a week once we do open to make up for it. Beautiful. Um, but yeah, the quarantine itself was, um, it was intense. It was uh, the London end, not quite so bad because you could still do things like food delivery, Uber Eats, so long as you had no contact, it was left at the door mm. and what have you fine but when we got to japan end it was very much your meals delivered to the door and that was your only option and let me tell you some of this food that arrived on the doorstep was questionable <laughs> um, the poor like anyone that was vegetarian or vegan in the company had such a nightmare because i mean lost in translation trying it i felt very sorry for all management because obviously the Japanese producers had never had to deal with bringing an entire British company. I think we're talking like 50 plus people, you know, with crew and creatives uh, and yeah. cast. And on the same time, the British side of it hadn't either. It was, And it was all so last minute. Um, and yeah, we were just in these in these hotel rooms and the meal, it was literally like, oh, it's one o'clock. Yes, lunch is getting delivered. And it would be so exciting because you could go to the door. We had, we called them the 007s, these like Japanese security guards that were like manning all the corridors to make sure that nobody left their room. Wow. So you just open your front door a little bit to take your bag that had been left on the doorstep and back into your hotel room. And then you'd open up this box of food and go, oh God, that looks disgusting. I can't oh, eat that. No. And that was it. Like that was your option. Oh God. And you know when I was like, I had a moment of as if I'm going through all of this just to do a musical <laughs> like are we out yeah. of our minds but I'm, in prison. Don't you? I'm in prison I'm in prison in Japan <laughs> and you do you know you we do I'd do a workout or two or three every day in the room to to sort of kill the time yeah. and with the time difference there'd be a sort of a little window where you could easily speak to people at home so that would fill a bit of the day didn't they um, do some rehearsals with you on we zoom we did zoom rehearsals in quarantine in, in quarantine. Japan yeah we did, we sort of pretty much every day had something that we had to be like accountable to on mm. Zoom, be it a company meeting probably or a good. line run. Yeah, or, probably good for your mental health. <laughs> I mean, there was extent. like, there was hysteria. I think at one point our brilliant, like, she, I love her so much, our associate director, I think she was trying to think of creative things to do because there's only so many line runs and stuff you can do on <laughs> Zoom. So she was like, right, we're going to go, I'm going to go scene by scene, but I'm going to give you like a different intention or something so it's like I want you to do this scene but I want you to do it like you've never been more furious in your life or she'd be like I want you to find one piece of furniture in your hotel room that you can use so as a prop so at one point the guy playing Cosmo's using like the sofa as his like piano and then you've got like one guy took the zoom rehearsal into the shower and he's using like the shower curtain as his like it was just, and oh you know when I think I've I don't think sometimes I've ever laughed so hard. Mm. And you're, I, but you're again, you're going as if I'm as if I'm doing this. Yeah. I want you to do this scene like you're in prison in Japan. <laughs> so. Literally, the hysteria of it. But I think one day I'd I'd done a, I'd done some working out in the in the hotel room fine, and I hadn't had my step counter on me at that point. So I you know I'd done exercise, but it got to the end of the day and I looked at my steps and it said forty nine. <laughs> I was like, I have taken four. Beyond the workout that I did, 49 steps. Because this hotel room was small and I thought that's literally probably me just back and forth to the bathroom and to the door to collect yeah. my, you know, award-winning lunch and dinner. <laughs> What's the name of that um, show? Oh, my God. <laughs> what 39 steps. I was 10 more. So I then proceeded to watch like an episode of something, just walking round and round in circles in yeah. my room to try and get my step count up. 101, um, 102. <laughs> so close to 10,000. <laughs> and then we got out of quarantine and we then had, they called it a 10-day work-to-home bubble. So then all you could do was go to the theatre and back to your oh, prison what? cell again via a coach that picked you up via the underground car park at the theatre so you had no contact with the outside world. So then you'd be tech in the first few shows. You're just in your dressing room in the break. You couldn't go out and get food. So again, it was food delivery and all of that sort of thing. Um, and then we ended up with, I think, about two weeks where we actually had freedom to be out and about and mm. see the country and so on, which was incredible. And actually, Japan was closed still to 
tourists and so on. Like we were very lucky to even get to go and do the show. So you saw the city in a totally different way. Like, you know, those images of Tokyo with like the Shibuya crossing and it's thousands and thousands of people. Mm. It was like barely a soul. And you'd go to these temples and these shrines where normally you'd be 100 people deep trying to get a photo and there was nobody there. Wow. So wow. it was a really unique, magical, once in a lifetime experience. Mm. But we did have to go into prison for a month to be able to make it happen. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love it. Ah, nah. <laughs> sure, sure. Um, is there anything about uh, fitness and wellness and health in general that mm. you would like to see get in the bin? In the bin. Um, <laughs> do you know what I would like to see get in the bin is, um, and I suppose this is to do with wellness and, and nutrition, is this body image thing and the mass over-filtering of imagery mm-hmm. online, social media. I'm not saying I want social media in the bin. I think it's very positive in many ways. Um, but... I mean, I know people, I'm going, hang on a minute, your legs aren't that long and your teeth aren't that white in that photo. <laughs> like you've you've edited the life out of that. And I'm just very much about real like representation of, you know, be very honest with what you, with how you are and how you look and how you present yourself, mm. wellness, fitness, nutrition. Like it's, it's a big thing and you, everyone's different. So I don't, and I think it was really sad that people feel like they need to do that to their body image, to then put it online to make it acceptable. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so, I mean, everyone loves a good filter, that's fine, but actually physically like- Altering. Yeah, yeah. altering your Im- yourself, your body shape, your your, your face in a, in a picture to make it feel like it can be online, people are gonna like it more. Because also it's that dangerous thing and it's a big topic, isn't it, of how we see things online in you know commercially about this perfect image this perfect Mm. face this perfect body like what's perfect really yeah um and i think the filtering and the altering of of pictures does that and it makes you know the poor person that doesn't feel particularly great about their body or whatever feel even worse because they're like oh well they look like that i'm like i promise you if you see them in real life they probably don't look like that that's the filter that's the magic of the airbrush and all the rest of it Mm, yeah so i'd like to see airbrush go in the bin yeah in a nutshell (laughs) have you seen that terrifying teenager filter that's going around at the moment no it makes you look like a teenager it doesn't work with me because i've got a beard so i look totally insane (laughs) but it is terrifying the way it can like manipulate your face to look legitimately like you're a teenager wow. is so is that weird and unsettling. Yeah, it's on TikTok. I think it's on Instagram as well now, but I've mostly seen it on TikTok. Wow. I don't have but, TikTok. Oh. I don't actually really know what it is. I see these videos and I go, what's TikTok? I have it, but I don't Do understand. Uh, I'm not going to get it because it's just no, another thing I'm, to worry about and deal with. I would thoroughly <laughs> recommend not getting it, not having it anywhere near your oh, life. I'd my, um, my Instagram got hacked quite recently. Oh, oh yes, it did. Oh, you were really into was, crypto. Oh, you were crypto queen. Yeah. You were heavily into crypto. But yes. it was a nightmare because obviously so many of my poor friends were getting targeted by this hacker. But I must admit there was something quite, because I just couldn't access it. Like it was... I was just, I was out. I was locked out. And for the first few days, obviously, it was really stressful and annoying. And I was having to convince everyone that I wasn't a crypto queen. Um, But then I was like, it's quite nice to not have it. Mm. And the first few days I found myself with my phone swiping along to where that Instagram icon was. Like it was a a physical reaction to do. Habit, yeah. And then I didn't do it after a while. And it was... Really Freeing. nice. Yeah, I had a lovely conversation with the crypto. Queen. No, you didn't. Uh, I did. <laughs> Stefan, <laughs> Stefan loves having a conversation with like bots or any like anybody who's a scammer. Any anybody's a scammer or a hacker. Yeah, I like to waste as much of their time as possible. Lovely. So uh, it was quite clear that it wasn't you. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> I love this. I, I just whenever they think that they're going to get something, I, I'm like, I'll lead them down that path. We're like, how do I do this? How do I get the thing? And then uh, we'll give them some struggles, and then I'll I'll just try and send word puns until they realise that. I'm, I'm messing with them. <laughs> oh, I love that you did that. Thank the, you. The little things. Oh, yeah, I wasted quite a lot of their time. Maddie's grandmother was hacked. She gets ha- hacked all the time. It's just fake accounts that actually yeah. uh, you know, oh, use her image okay. and name. Yeah. Uh, so she's not actually hacked. Uh, but nevertheless, that's what she puts on her actual account. I've been hacked again. This, <laughs> <laughs> this, here it is. And I love chatting to them. I waste loads yeah. of their time. 
Right. I, I love when when a bot tries to message the Fit2 account, and I I see the replies from them. But I, so I know I know Stefan is in the middle of a conversation with this bot, and I'm like, oh, good, excellent. I can't wait go. to see the results. It's joyous, joyous. Uh, anyway, I think you mentioned something at the start of this podcast, but uh, mm. to somebody entering the industry now, yes, well, we'd say any advice is it. Nice. Do you know what it, it is? It's been nice, and it's been nice to um, everyone on your way up because you never also know who you're going to maybe meet on your way down. Like I see it time and time again. People go in and out of stage door, and they don't even acknowledge the stage doorkeeper and say hello, how mm. are you? A, I just think that's rude. Um, but again, it's it, it's a part of the nice the nice person and the and the professional. Um, but yeah, I would say. Um, I, my yeah, it is it's to to be nice and to be kind and considerate to those around you in the industry, in auditions, in the dressing room. That's my that's my go to every time. Done, absolutely. <laughs> it's time now without giving anything oh, okay. away. Oh yeah, okay. It's time for a, a stony faced response. Now uh, we're going to guess, liar, liar. Bobby's going to take the first guess because I'm in the lead, uh, which means we'll guess whether you have lied or we'll choose something uh, that we think is the lie. I don't think you've lied. Oh, I don't think that's okay. right, but I don't think you've lied. He doesn't okay. think you've lied. I'm going to go with that. I think you've lied. I think... Uh, I actually... I had one and I've entirely forgotten what it was. Oh. Which is going to really stress me out if it was right. Uh, oh. <laughs> Pressure's on. Have you got that sound effect? I don't, sadly, <laughs> I don't. Well, we'll clip out you singing it. Okay, yeah. <laughs> that's it. And we'll use it on other yeah, podcasts. That, that's for the future. <laughs> uh, it. Uh, I'm going to say, oh, no, this is definitely true. You were uh, not head girl all three years. That's not what I thought of before, but I, I can't. You would. That's definitely true. Um, <laughs> so so hit us with it. No, I was. I was head girl. Absolutely. Um, so there was a lie. Yeah. Oh. It was sort of a, a fabrication of a truth. Yes. Um, but it was the drum kit story. Oh. That did happen to someone, but it didn't happen to me. That wasn't the thing. Oh, I, was I would of. never have gotten that one. So I that legitimately to, believed that. That happened to a girl in the Australian production of the show well, so it did happen uh, um, but it didn't happen to that, me that was sly so that I like was a that. cheeky I'm lie impressed. no we'll that take good. it that's excellent a, that's a sneaky one also yeah. I want to see the other video <laughs> I oh, yeah. know no that is true and I will fish it out and I'll send it to you and especially if you watch it in slow motion you see the head bounce off oh, the floor and yeah it's it's great telly I should send it into You've Been Framed actually yeah. and make 250 quid does that still exist is that still a thing yeah doesn't Harry Hill do the voice on it now? Yeah, I yeah. bet it's not 250 quid anymore. I bet no. it's like £2.50. No, yeah, like, not with Instagram. Like that. Yeah. <laughs> It'll be like, you've been framed. We found this stuff on YouTube. Literally, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's probably all the same clips over and over and over again now. Yeah. We've got yeah. one more game. We do. Okay. Oh, okay. Oh, it's time for a game of this or that. Oh, okay. So it's going to be one minute on the clock. Stefan's going to present you with two options. You've got to pick one of them. It's a quick fire lightning round. Right. Why do go. I feel nervous all of a sudden? <laughs> you okay. should. Okay. <laughs> Three, two, one. Let's go. Eggs or bacon? Eggs. White bread or brown bread? Brown. The US office or friends? Friends. Cardio or resistance training? Resistance. McDonald's or Burger King? No, neither. Singing or acting? Singing. Flash dance or strictly ballroom? What flash dance? Yoga or Pilates? Pilates. Family Guy or Love Island? No, Love Island. Domino's Pizza or Papa John's? Domino's. Sport or dance? Dance. Alcohol or chocolate? Mm, chocolate. Matching socks or mismatching socks? Matching. Coke or Pepsi? Coke. Royal Variety or All Star Musicals? <laughs> Royal Variety. Game of Thrones or Glee? Glee. Book or Kindle? Book. Clean shaven or beard? Beard. Personal chef or personal stylist? Chef. Guitar or piano? Piano. Sexy body or sexy mind? Mind. Shower or bath? Shower. Don Lockwood or Cosmo Brown? <laughs> Don Lockwood. Dogs or babies? Dogs. Snakes or badgers? Badgers. Theme park or water park? Theme park. Running or walking? Running. Tea or coffee? Coffee. Bobby or Stefan? Oh! <laughs> 57 seconds! Oh, we're getting really nice. close. Wow. Nice. Three seconds to go. I was, I was nervous towards the end. It's I helpful because I can see your yeah, body. You can see you me going. Nervous, so I'm like, oh God, I need <laughs> to speak this up. straightening up like, oh, here we go. We're close. <laughs> Snakes or badgers? Snakes or badgers. <laughs> what? Always a conversation. Always. Topic, always always badgers as well. What did you go for? 
uh, badgers. Badgers, I think. No, it's not always badgers, you know. Uh, in my head, it's always badgers. Yeah, because you love badgers. I love badgers. <laughs> do uh, I love badgers? I don't know if I do. <laughs> <laughs> you've, As, you've uh, compared to snakes, yes, I like badgers. Yeah, <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. We will take that. Well, thank you so much for joining thank us. You. Mm, thank My you. Pleasure. It has genuinely been a pleasure. Uh, and of course, if you're listening to this, when is Dirty Dancing on until? The 29th of April. So by the time you're listening to this, <laughs> uh, it will have finished. It's closed. <laughs> Um, <laughs> but it is on. It will currently be on tour. I won't be in it, but yes. it is on tour with a load of amazing people. So you could see it on tour. So you can go and see them, yeah. uh, and go and see Charlotte in whatever she's next doing. Find her on Instagram, and we will post about it too. Uh, and thank you at home or wherever you might be right now for listening. Yes, indeed. And if you've enjoyed this episode, click those like and subscribe buttons, and find us on Instagram at fit to underscore talk. As always, if you have any questions you want answered, slip slide into those DMs. I'll be in there, hugging a drum kit. Uh, thanks again for listening <laughs> and if you like what you've heard we've been fit to talk with our guest Charlotte Gooch and me Stefan and me Bobby and if you didn't like it we've been Joe Wicks peace out peace <laughs> out